Hello, I'm Pete Torriello. And I'm Maureen Torriello. And it's time again for your Sonic Boomers podcast. Boy, that shakes my head. I don't know about you, but that that sonic boom like makes my head shake when it goes through. This is program <laughs> That's number. That's because your brains rattle around yeah, in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say your brain gets smaller as you age. Mine doesn't. <laughs> and your head gets bigger as you age. Well, this is program number seven. You see how I did that? I did. I, she didn't even see it coming. <laughs> this is program number seventy nine. If memory serves me, and it does on occasion. Uh, We've got a TV recommendation for you. Yeah, this this one uh, came as a recommendation from a friend of yours, right? Yeah, 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 Chris Rodriguez. Yeah. A.K.A. Coach on uh, WXPK 107.1 The Peak. A little plug there. <laughs> Monday through Friday morning. Well, he lets me plug our, our podcast well, on his show. Well, and I think we should so plug I, him, I think too. We, we can do Coach. We owe him. A, we can do Coach a little favor. Do him a solid. So tell everybody what we were watching. We're watching a show on Netflix, and it's called Midnight Mass. It has nothing to do with our relationship with the church. Right, right. But it does center around a church community. Yeah, a Roman Catholic church community. Absolutely. Yeah. On, uh, I'm, I'm not sure where whether it's like in Seattle area or something, but it's a isolated island community, which... You know, the only way to get to is a ferry from the mainland. So these people are living a very uh, secluded lifestyle. Yeah, untouched. It's, it's very by, Stephen Kingish. I was going to say if if I before I knew who wrote it, I said to Pete, "Gee, th- this is right out of Stephen King." Yeah. So uh, it, it it has that eerie quality to it. Um, very very uh, interesting show. I, I haven't seen really too many TV shows tackle this type of a, a approach. And the show works on a lot of levels, mm-hmm. right? There are what, seven episodes, seven episodes, seven episodes. And each one runs about, about an hour. Right. And each one is named for a book in the Bible. <laughs> right. And it all begins when a new pastor arrives at this little Roman Catholic Church in this isolated town. Right. And this is one of those types of communities where pretty much everybody is Catholic. They pretty much all are connected to the church in some way. The pastor has been there a gazillion years. He's part of their community. He's part of their lives. He knows each of them intimately. He knows their kids. He's baptized them. He's given them first communion. He's married their families they used to call that ireland (laughs) (laughs) well surprisingly a lot of the people in this community are irish Irish, you know they're they're kind of playing on the stereotype i guess but um regardless that that's that's the scene is is this new priest comes in because the old priest father pruitt monsignor pruitt monsignor pruitt right who um Apparently, you know, he's, he's getting on in years, and suffering from some dementia, and the parishioners, to be nice, they, they took up a collection and they sent him on a vacation to the Holy Land as a thank you for all he's done. And while he's there, he he gets lost and he he, he go. He, he's a problem for the tour guide. Uh, there, somebody's always having to look after, look for him, and everything. And wh- when his vacation is over 
this new priest comes into the community and he says, well, you know. Father Hill. Right. So he says, well, you know, Monsignor Pruitt is, you know, a little under the weather. He's suffering from some dementia problems and stuff. And we've got him in a care facility on the mainland. He's, he's not dying. He's, he's okay. But he's not able, he needs to take a break from his pastoral duties. I'm here temporarily. I'm not here to replace him. I'm here to serve you. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here, you know, for, for God, for the community. And that's the way it goes. And then you discover that not everything is exactly cracked up to what it's supposed to be. Right, and I I don't want to do a, a spoiler on this, so I'm trying not I'm trying to be a little cagey about some of my comments yeah, so yeah. that I don't give away too much. But um, the first first Sunday comes up with the first mass, and you know Father Paul comes in, the new priest, and he's you know coming down the aisle, and everything is copacetic, and the music is. You know, good. The people are singing. He gives a good sermon, and everything. And he's standing outside the, the church on the way out. You know, greeting all the parishioners, and he seems to know an awful lot about them. He's coming out, and he's like, "Oh, you must be Lisa." You know, Father Monsignor Pruitt told me a little about you, and yeah. uh, oh, you know, I, I, you know, hey Matt, I'm gonna expect to see you as an altar boy again because uh, you know we need you and. Hey Doug, how's this doing? You know, and he he knew intimately an awful lot about these people. Yeah, and I guess he realized maybe they were wondering why. And he's like, "Well, Father, I met with Father Monsignor Pruitt, and uh, he he told me kind of filled me in on filled all me of in you. on all yeah. of you, you know, and that 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 was like for me the first red flag, right? You know, I I don't know if everybody gets that when you're I watching didn't get it. it. But, but I, I'm slow. <laughs> well, you're fast on something. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> no, I didn't mean it the way it sounded. <laughs> that comes with age, you know. That's... <laughs> well, anyway, be that as it may. Yes. Uh, you know, you start getting introduced to the various characters that are going to be playing out in this town, and it's it's a very diverse bunch of people, which is really kind of what I've found quite often in the church communities. There's always the one that's like, you know, thinks that they know it all, that they they are, you know. She they runs have the, direct, the show. They have the direct line to God, you know. Usually they, one of the top contributors to the church. Could be. As I believe it was in, in this case. Uh, right? no. didn't, didn't she make a deal with the oil company? Oh, I'm not sure. Remember, now. there was like a an oil spill or something. Yeah, but she, but and she I think w- she, I think she got paid off or something. I'm not sure. I'm not sure at this point. I, you know, I'd have to go back and watch it yeah. again. But anyway, she's like the priest right hand girl, like the the parish secretary, <laughs> the administrative assistant to the the pastor. Yeah. So uh, you know, she thinks she's got the hotline to God, and she. It's very officious in her beliefs and, and imposing her way upon everybody. And you've got like the uh, the, the one guy in the beginning. Uh, he's re- he's returning from a prison sentence because he was involved in a DUI that resulted in a death. 
And so he's coming back like the prodigal son, you know, to the the community. Um, I, I I don't know. I, there's just a lot a lot going on in in the different characters. Yeah, and if we tell you too much, we're going to give it away. Right. But uh, the the show works on a lot of levels. Even if you look at the uh, at the name of this young priest who comes in mm-hmm. to take the place of Monsignor Pruitt, his name is Paul Hill. Right. Well, who wrote so many of the Gospels? Well, ep- epistles. The ep- epistles. Uh, and this is why she has a master's degree <laughs> in this stuff. Uh, Paul. Right. Paul the Apostle, formerly Saul. And where was Christ crucified? On a hill. On a hill. So you have Father... Paul Hill. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was interesting that they talked about the Novus Ordo. Yes. In this. You might want to explain what the Novus Ordo is. <laughs> because you don't want to. Because I don't want to. Uh, well, the Novus Ordo, uh, for those of you that are in the Catholic circles, originally when the Mass was uh, translated into English, we had one translation that was I'm universally gonna go, uh, accepted. I'm going to go get my shoe shined, and oh, I'll be stop. back when, when she's done. Well, it was universally accepted <laughs> translation of the Mass. And some, I don't know how many years ago now, maybe five, six years ago now, maybe a little bit more, they decided that they were going to go for a whole new translation. And that had a lot of Catholics very upset because it, it monkeyed with the language. It introduced words that were unfamiliar and so, like, like the ever popular uh, consubstantial. consubstantial. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it, people didn't like it. And the Novus Ordo was the original wording. In and England, the, the new the new mass, the, the mass in, 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 English. in English was the Novus Ordo. And the thing is, uh, in present day Roman Catholic churches, the Novus Ordo is not accepted and not done. And here he did it. And the people were like, oh, we're, you know. We're so glad that to, you went back. Because nobody likes the new one. Yeah. And that's the truth. Right. That, when did one in being with the father become consubstantial? Right. And people were like, what? Huh? what? Yeah. What? What is that? It's, you know, I, I still think that was smoke and mirrors. What? To, oh, to that's divert not... people's attention from the scandals. That's what I think. Okay. <laughs> if you ax me, if you ax that's you. what I think. <laughs> Can I ax you? <laughs> So that you asked for Novus Ordo. That's, yeah, that it was is. very interesting that that came up. Now, since you are the expert on liturgy, and I, and I'm and I'm not being funny here. I'm I'm asking you okay. seriously. Right. Uh, how accurate did you feel they were in portraying a Catholic Mass? Because in so many movies, mm-hmm. they don't know. Crap from Shinola, as my father used yes. to say. And you see a lot of stuff that has no basis in reality. So how did, how did how would you score this one? I scored pretty high. Um, not 100%, but I thought it was pretty high. And some of it, um, of the things that were very, it's, it's very minor. But post-Vatican II, the ringing of the bells during the consecration was supposed to be discouraged. Right. But here they ring the bells. Um, 
the the priest uh, his vestments are a little bit off, and I'm wondering if maybe there was some kind of a legal thing where he couldn't portray a priest with 100% of the vestments on. Like maybe there there's some kind of a thing I don't know, but he like he wore the the chasuble, which is the colored part portion of the the vestment, right? But he didn't have a stole, um, and and later on he had like one that had like a funny collar on it that is not usually the way the vestments are. I remember you had remarked about that. You were like, "What's up with that?" And so screwy collar. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I you know there were there were, there were very fine points like that. Yeah. Um, that you know, I, I that would keep them from getting a hundred, but I was very encouraged that they did finally portray a Catholic community and a Catholic mass without the Gregorian chant, <laughs> without the yeah. Latin, yeah, without the organ and the very playing. sinister music. They always find the most oh, I know. sinister sounding Gregorian stuff to put in movies anytime that they're talking about Catholicism and. It ain't so. It's not necessarily so. And I, I would have liked the music to have been a little bit more up to date. Yeah. Than than the, what they picked, but it it was acceptable. It wasn't a, a total wreck. Well, that's because they needed the Pete and Maureen music ministry. <laughs> that's to, right. They needed us there to do that. Kumbaya and all. <laughs> to do the music. <laughs> you know, but we would have made ourselves available. <laughs> it's a it's a really interesting movie, and I, I don't. I'm trying to talk about it and not give away the mm-hmm. store, but what I thought was very interesting was the uh, the father Paul Hill character mentions a few times in the course of the film, I'm not here to give you pat answers. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to give you the stock answers right. that every priest gives you. I am not here to tell you... Well, God works in mysterious ways. Right. You know, it's, this is God's will. He's off to a better place. She's off to a better place. All things happen for a reason. And he, this is sort of batted around a little bit Mm -hmm. in the movie. And I was so glad to hear that. I'm like, oh, finally, a movie where they don't have a Catholic priest spouting off these stock lines. Right. Yeah. I thought that was really good. The other thing that they talk about in the movie, and this I don't think in any way spoils the plot for you, they ask about two of the characters are discussing, what is your definition of death? Mm-hmm. What do you think happens? What do you think happens? And all that I'm going to say is, I didn't like either answer. <laughs> the two characters who discussed it between themselves, I didn't like either answer. Right. So when you watch the movie, see... How do you you feel about the answer to that question? What do you think happens after you die? Two of the key characters discuss that in the film. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, that, and that ends up having some play at the end. So we we can't tell you that. We can't tell you that. (laughs) And uh, I can tell you that the ending is something to see. It's, uh, but if you're not into horror and you're not into gore and stuff you may it is a little, want to it's skip a it. little graphic but you know i heard people say oh my god i was so scared it was oh it was the most frightening thing i've ever seen i i really didn't find it frightening i didn't find it frightening at all um but i the angel there's a there's an angel character in the mm-hmm. movie too that was creepy yeah that was pretty i creepy. thought that was creepy that was a great 
great makeup. You know, that was actually an actor mm-hmm. playing that. I heard that wasn't CGI. They right. didn't do that with a computer. Right. Uh, and it's pretty creepy. You know what it reminded me of? If, if you ever see in, well, uh, in old old prayer books and stuff that we used to have for, for Mass, there was always a picture of Satan tempting Christ. Oh and there was God. there's usually like an angel Satan behind him, and that's what this that, guy looked like. That picture in that little missalette that we got as, as kids for First Communion, yeah, that picture scared the hell out of me. Well, it's supposed to. <laughs> it was. It was this. Be Sat- good now. <laughs> this Satan standing behind Jesus. Yeah. And man, if you wanted to see a, I, I wish I, I'd hold it up to the camera. If yeah. I still, do you yeah. still have the book? I don't know. Mine is long gone. I mean, mine's around, but I don't know if that particular picture's in it. What that was like the scariest picture of the devil I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He kind of looked like a guy that I bought a used car from once. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was a devil too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the you know that that character is is kind of creepy. I personally, I don't know if I should say it or not because I don't want to spoil things. But it it does take on a little bit of a uh, vampire theme. Okay, and. I felt like it would have been a much more powerful show losing that and just dealing with the personalities and the interactions and the storylines I think could have been done much I'm, better without that. I'm not sure that. About, about that because... Well, to me, it made it much more fake. The, the heart of our mass mm-hmm. deals with the Eucharist, which we believe to be the body and blood of Christ. right. And so when you have a vampire theme in there, blood is going to be involved, mm. you know? So I, I think that there's a, I mean, th- I, I think there's a good tie in I, that. Yes. It's it just to me that that's one of the things that people generally don't understand about the Catholic church and they take it a little too literally and people that aren't, really versed in it they'll, they'll say well they go in there they eat the what body and they, blood what you know? are they doing in you there? know uh, years ago and they, they, one of the tv stations mm-hmm. in new york uh was doing a feature on the catholic mass and they did the thing where they made they had the front of like an old gothic church mm-hmm. and they did it in sepia tone so it looked very Sinister. Sinister, and they shot it on the bias. You know, they, mm. they tilted the camera at an angle. And, of course, they found that the scary Gothic music, the, the Gregorian chants. Mm-hmm. And while this is all going on, the announcer is like, find out <laughs> what happens inside the Roman Catholic Church. This very sinister yeah, yeah. guy with a, a voice like an octave below middle C, mm-hmm. you know. What find out what goes beyond behind the doors of the Roman Catholic Church? Why is it called the sacrifice of the mass? Yeah. Tonight on blank blank news. Yeah. And And it it was so. I mean, if you want to find out, if you want to find out, just walk in. You know, we don't. When the mass starts, we don't have a sergeant at arms who who locks the doors (laughs) so people can't get in or can't get out. You know, you're free to come in any time and see what's going on. And there's nothing really untoward going on. Right, right. 
But I, I, I don't know. I felt like the the vampire thing kind of spoiled it for really? me. It made See, it, it I, made I, it into more of a horror movie uh, fake thing. I thought that for me, horror it, that really gets to me are the ones that are more real. Uh, that I could believe it could actually happen, like when I saw the Omen. That I know that really that bothered really you. bothered me and. And they, you know, and because in the Omen, it wasn't Reagan in the bed spinning her head around and vomiting pea soup. It was, you know. Although there are priests who will tell you that that, that, that was has more hap- real. That that yeah, happens I know. too. I know. I find it hard to believe. I know, but I, you know, but for me, I found that the the Omen was scary because they they worked in Bible verses and they were able to tie it in with with predictions in the bible and with scripture and and things and i was like whoa this is a little creepy would you say the omen was the scariest movie you've ever seen probably what about rosemary's baby i wasn't scared of that really it's pretty creepy pretty creepy again it was it was kind of silly and the exorcist for me oh i know is the most frightening movie that i've ever seen i still can get butterflies oh, if, if I'm know. watching it and if I want to if I want to really tell get to him. tell everybody about the dirty trick that you pulled on me when Maureen and I we weren't even married yet right we no. were no we were dating and we had gone to the movies to see the exorcist right in fact we cut the line <laughs> yes we did we cut the there was a long line and I very nonchalantly like eased us into the line and somebody said to us you guys cut the line are you gonna go to the back and i was like no <laughs> and uh, i how that did not become a fist fight I, it's a is miracle beyond me but they they, <laughs> they left us alone <laughs> the devil made us yeah. do it <laughs> i wouldn't even do that today no i wouldn't, I wouldn't even do that I today but back then i was uh, you know 19 20 years old yeah. i was a, a yeah. brash young kid now i'm a brash old man but anyway, we saw it down here, and I stayed over at Pete's house. Separate rooms. His father was there. <laughs> no, nothing untoward going on. And Pete went to bed, and I knew he was creeped out. So I go outside his door. That's right. You were still up. I you was were still, still up. up watching television. No. I, yeah, you were watching TV. Uh, okay. And, and, and every once in a while, that commercial would come on, on the TV for the movie. Right. And it would spook me enough so i'm in my room and i've got the bedroom door closed okay and go ahead (laughs) so i i do the the voice of the devil bangs on my door and i'm like marin marin (laughs) i come flying out of the room and i'm like don't do that (laughs) And and it took me a while to to calm down and, and, and yeah, go, go I, back I, I go felt, back I felt bad, but every now and then I pull that out of my sleeve yeah. when I want to annoy him. <laughs> yeah, I would have to say that's the scariest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think probably The Omen. And the book. If you haven't read the book of The Exorcist, yeah. read William Peter Blatty's book because I think it's even scarier than the movie. Yeah. I couldn't put it down when I, I think, read it. I think what... 
I think the movie Exorcist probably would have been scarier for me, except that A, I had read the book previously, and B, there was so much talk going on about it and about the horror. Oh, this scenes, happens, that happens, this And happens. I found myself watching it very uh, detached, and it's kind of like, okay, head spins, check that one off. Okay, green pea vomit, okay, check that one off. All right, now she's going to curse and okay, she's going to pee on the rug. Okay, check it. And I, I just, I was very noncommittal about it and very, it, it didn't get into my heart, you know? Yeah. So anyway, we're getting off the subject here, but. Well, we had to make the podcast a little longer because <laughs> we're, 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 ro- we're rolling short on this one. No. Uh, so anyway, we highly recommend. Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, which is on Netflix. On Netflix. Only seven shows, so it's not a big commitment. Yeah, you can do it in two nights. I think we did it in, in two nights, didn't we? I think so, yeah, yeah. something like that. And yeah, if if you haven't seen The Exorcist, and I think everybody has mm-hmm. by now, but if you haven't, for me, scariest movie like ever, and for Maureen, The Omen. So with Which with I Halloween, didn't find scary at all. So. Well, with Halloween coming up, maybe you'll be wanting to check them out. Yeah, and Turner Classic Movies, of course, all this month is showing all the, the horror movies, mm. all, the, all the great old stuff, like a lot of the Universal stuff. And so you may want to check that out. Good times. And now it's time for uh, our trivia. trivia quiz. We take our questions from the Trivial Pursuit Baby Boomers edition. Why? Conveniently enough. It's the Sonic Boomers podcast. You got your question ready? Yes. Okay, go ahead. And I'm, I'm going to kind of throw you a bone on this one because I think there's a chance you're going to get it, but uh, okay. maybe not. What 1974 Paul Anka comeback song set feminists everywhere to cringing? <laughs> Paul Anka comeback song. Time's up. Paul Anka comeback song. Come on, DJ. Had, had feminists cringing. Wow. Uh, you know, I honestly, I, I don't know. Okay. Yay, I got one. Have, you're having my baby. Oh. Having my baby. Oh. Well, what's what wrong lovely, with that? I don't. What I don't a lovely find that. way of saying how I don't, much you love. I don't find anything wrong with that. I don't know. I mean, guys don't have babies, so what is so inflammatory about that? I know. I'd have to go back and hear all the lyrics. I don't remember. Yeah, but uh, I, I guess just made me feeling like you're you're using her just for having a baby or something. I don't know. All right, let me uh, let me pick one here for you. Okay. What was Lucy's last name on the Lucy show? What oh, was Lucy Lucy's show. last That's name on the Lucy on. show? Your time begins now. It's different than what it was on I Love Lucy. Right. Carmichael? And the answer is Carmichael. All right. You got it. On I Love Lucy, she was McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy, right? Wow, I, I, you impressed me with that one. Well, gee, <laughs> finally, you, you impressed me with that. One. I, I thought for sure you weren't going to get that one. Well, I used to watch that show, so. Oh, okay. See, I never watched it. 
Yeah. I used to like the original I Love Lucy. And of course, Lucy was a heavy smoker. Mm-hmm. And so when her voice got down, you're, ah, Mr. Modi, I couldn't watch it anymore. <laughs> it was just, it, you know, it was like my Uncle Phil who smoked two packs of Pall Malls a day having a TV show. I, <laughs> I couldn't watch it. Whatever. I really, I, I really couldn't. Okay. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> hey, if you have suggestions for future editions of the Sonic Boomers podcast, you can write to us at sonicboomers at protonmail.com and we'd be happy to hear from you yes we will so join us again soon for another edition of the sonic boomers podcast until next time i'm pete toriello and i'm maureen toriello as always goodbye god bless you and thank you thank you for listening <laughs>